Hello and welcome to my show, Searching for Integrity. My name really is John Smith, and I'm searching for people with integrity. Why? Because our country suffers from IDD, Integrity Deficit Disorder. Today, we have an author and her book, Valerie Galloway, and her book is Addiction. Like I must still, addiction still kill and destroy Satan's agenda to terminate you, and it's a spiritual guide to overcoming addiction and loss. Very good. Thank you. I can't I can't read my own rice. <laughs> it's okay. So um, your book, here it is, Addiction Steal, Kill and Destroy. You know, those telemarketer people call you they die all, all day long. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to throw things at them, you know. Um, <laughs> I was looking at your at your information, and uh, and your and the background that was drawing for me, where you are, where you've been, and then of course where you're going to be. Um, yeah, yeah. You want to you want to sum that out a little bit for me? Okay, well, first of all, John, I, I want to thank you for having me on your show today. Um, you know, I'm happy for this opportunity to be here. I'm, I, I, I definitely feel honored and blessed and privileged uh, uh, for you, you know, bringing me on your show uh, to talk about my book and uh, spiritual warfare, uh, which is, you know, a, a big part of what the book's about. But initially, uh, John, I came here from Oxford, England. I was born and raised there lived there pretty much all my young life until 18. I, I emigrated here with my family. As a matter of fact, my mother met my stepfather at the time. They're both deceased now, but she met him when he was stationed in the Air Force, at Upper Hayford Air Force Base. He was a sergeant in the Air Force. And uh, she used to frequent these NCO clubs. And so that's where they met. And he was doing like a five year stint in England. And so when his assignment was up, he was sent back to Waco, Texas. He tried to get citizenship in England, but they weren't having it. And so he ended up coming back to Waco, Texas. Uh, that was his hometown. But at that point he had emphysema. And so my mother came over, they got married and that was our ticket way, my sister and I, to this country. So I was 18 at the time. So I finished all my early you know, schooling in, in England and came here and got into college. Well, Baylor has a pretty good college in Waco. Yes, 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 you know it, yes. <laughs> you know it well. well. I, my 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 sons went to Austin for uh, UT. And, oh yes, um, I know that. Uh, and um, they're of course in. They're doing well. Um, nice. I uh, now I'm dealing with the grand with the grandchildren. Uh, oh, how many yeah. do you have? Let's not talk. That's <laughs> too many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but thanks. Thanks okay. for asking. <laughs> uh. 
Um, <laughs> did you did you like Waco? Did you how did you adapt to the Texas? Culture? Oh no, no. I, I have to be honest with you. So I grew up in the era, John, where I watched. I'm sure you remember these old shows. Uh, these sure. old soap opera shows, Dallas Dynasty, Folk and Crest, sure. yeah. J.R. Ewing. And so when I came to Texas, I was assuming all of Texas was like that. So when I landed in Waco, Texas, no less. Now, mind you, this was before that whole uh, David Koresh uh, compound incident. I think that occurred in 96. And so that's what put Waco on the map. But before that, it was a little, you know, town that, that you blink your eye and you go right on through. So no, it, it, I have to be honest, it wasn't my favorite. Well, where did you go for, for being favored? Did you, <laughs> on the weekends, so, do you go places? Do, yeah, no, I mean, I got out and about. It just really, it was a culture shock for me. It took some time for me to assimilate. Um, I ultimately, I ended up on the East Coast uh, because it was, you know, it was a place that reminded me more of England in terms of being able to navigate and get mm -hmm. out and about and public transportation and, you know, and, and people walk in the streets as opposed to what felt to me was like more like a ghost town at that time understand. when I yes, came. at that time, right. No, I yeah, can, it's I changed can a lot. Yeah, mm -hmm. quite a bit. And yeah. it, it, it seems to me that the culture and the people in the culture seem to be much, much more uh, rapid about things than they were 10 to 20, 30 years. You know, uh, oh, they yeah. just, yeah, it just moves so fast, so quick. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. computers, maybe it's internet. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, I think it's some of all of that. You know, I went back uh, last year and I was so surprised how different the, uh, Texas is now compared to what it was when I first arrived. You know, I was assuming they'd be wearing those big 10 gallon hats and the cowboy <laughs> boots. I didn't see any of that. I really didn't. It was shocking. It was shocking. You know, because I honestly, I thought that that was part of their fabric, you know, I, I that that wasn't going anywhere the the cowboy boots and the and the hat now that you know there were a few I, i'll admit but for the most part i didn't see hardly anyone wearing it well being there in in texas as you were and as you have um you've uh, decided to write um your book yeah were you writing the book then or no so the book came about uh john because of a certain circumstance that occurred in my life um you know so as you said i'm the author of a book called addiction steal kill and destroy and you know i signed with trinity broadcast network uh they're a christian uh tv station they're also in in the publishing arm of, of um you know getting people's work out there and so actually right now my book is currently in the process of being uh devised for a commercial uh you know for the distribution and circulation mm -hmm. process of my book so they published me they promoted me and will be distributing the book globally um but the book is really about ephesians 12 uh, 6 12 which is you know we're all spirit beings and we're, and we're wrestling according to the bible against principalities 
empowered. So my book is based on the tragic life and death of someone who was very special and dear to me. And, you know, he was in our sphere for, for 10 impactful years. Uh, and so he, he was someone I lost as a result of the above circumstances that the book is, you know, the title is all about. So he gave up hope after basically losing his family, his home, and subsequently his job. And, and he was found dead on the streets after a long battle with depression, drugs, and alcohol. Oh. So, so the book is a therapeutic journey from the process of pain through perseverance to purpose to finally finding peace. Well, that's certainly a, uh, I don't, I don't guess there's an easy way to find out no. what you, what you, what you found. Um, yeah. That's just doesn't come in and drop in your lap and be right. cheery deary, you know, just doesn't work that right. way. I thought exactly. in, in looking, looking at the items here that you've got, you've really got uh, a beginning of a following, I'll say. Um, uh, yes, yes. And that's that's certainly what you want. Um, yeah. Because you want other people to know what you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, because, you know, he was, you know, I was inspired to write my book uh, about him because he was my soulmate. He was my soul tie, you know, over time. Uh, unfortunately, he essentially spiraled downwards with depression, drugs and alcohol to numb out his own psychological and, and sometimes physical pain. And mm -hmm. consequently, he lost all desire and hope with life and mm -hmm. just essentially gave up. And so to me, that's the enemy's tendency to lead people to this type of disillusionment, uh, uh, disappointment, discouragement, and, and all kinds of fears. And perhaps, you know, the, the enemy, when I say the enemy, I'm referring to, you know, our arch enemy, the devil. <laughs> You know, because he, his greatest weapon, I believe, John, for, for humanity's downfall is, is to, you know, go after our weaknesses, you know? Mm -hmm. right. he, he tends to sabotage all of our hopes and our dreams. And, and far too many of us are apt to just throw it in the towel too early, you know? The, the suicide rate is astronomical. Yes, it is. And he's behind it all. I wouldn't doubt that at all. The only problem is for me, I can't prove it. Um, yeah. And it was uh, something that I guess that people looked at in terms of um, being empowered that you mm -hmm. do your coaching and that people would want yeah. to be empowered because if they are empowered, then you don't have all the depression and things that not what the do. Right. Maybe I should do right. this. So the empowerment that you do right. is something very, very needed, very necessary. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, as a coach, that's a big part of, you know, what my world is about is to uplift people. You know, I believe the path to transformation begins when you have a, a clear vision of what you want out of life and, and commit to taking action steps towards it you know, towards facilitating it. And so as a certified life coach, you know, my niche, as you said, is empowerment coaching. Um, I, I, I teach empowerment techniques to students and clients for the purpose of 
achieving transformational development and growth. You know, I also devised a I devised a five week course to help people navigate grief and loss, you know, that supplements my book. And, uh, you know, it's about helping people find peace after the experience of grief, you know, uh, because that was the impetus for why I, I devised the course, my right. own grief. Well, one of, one of the list here should be in, in my book or your, your coaching. You're a certified dream builder. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about that. Okay, so one of the things I needed to do, John, when I lost, uh, you know, uh, our loved one, I needed to find a way to build myself uh, back up again, um, because I was in danger of spiraling downwards myself. And so I discovered Mary Morrissey. She is the founder of the Dream Builder program. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. for me, what I did, John, to, to lift myself up and out of depression was to lean on more self-development courses. So overall, you know, through the Dream Builder program, you know, I got certified as a, a brave, it's called a brave thinking certified Dream Builder coach. Uh, so that's a life uh, coach uh, certification, as well as the ICF uh, Life Coach International Coaching Federation uh, license that I have. And, uh, and I also have a master's degree in social science, but coaching uh, empowerment for me comes more from a spirituality perspective for the purpose of my you know, clients achieving spiritual transformation. And my target population, my niche is, you know, faith seekers, spiritualists, uh, agnostics, uh, lukewarm Christians. Hello, Mac. Mac. Hey. She lost her sound. I'm here. Oh, we're back. <laughs> don't worry. I'm I'll, here. I'll don't worry. I'll edit this portion out. We can continue. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I was about to ask you a question, a Texas question. Okay. Uh, Valerie. And, yes. uh, you know, I've, I've been a lot around the state most of my adult life. Uh, mostly in Dallas and, and to San Antonio, New Braunfels. Um, but one of the things here I, I'm not familiar with, it's the Texas State Technical Institute. Oh, okay. So at the time it was called TSTI. And again, this was, um, it's like, a, it's similar to a trade school. And so I went there in pursuance of commercial art and advertising. And uh -huh. it was right near, it was right near like an airport hangar uh, mm -hmm. for people that want to pursue careers in aviation. So it was that kind of a school that catered to all those kinds of different, um, you know, career paths that people have. 
it was called TST. I'm not sure if it's still there. Now, mind you, John, this was back in, I attended during uh, 1980, wait, 1983 to 1985. And it was called TSTI, Texas State Technical Institute. And it was based in Waco, Texas. Uh, it was in Waco, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me, that was on purpose. <laughs> um, Let's see. Coaching mantras. Breaking the chains that yeah. bind you. Yes. Yes. That comes about because, well, first of all, you know, I, I, I believe in the, I think it was Muhammad Ali who coined this phrase. Uh, I wrote it down. Being, I wrote it down. Yes. Right. If your mind can conceive it, your heart can believe it then you can achieve it. And so, yes, I'm all about these inspirational mantras to you know, help uplift people, uh, to give them hope and encouragement in life in terms of you know, how they can pursue their lives if they just believe in themselves. You know? And so, yes, breaking the chains that bind you is my coaching mantra and it speaks to uh sort of releasing yourself from bondages that that tend to hold you in shackles right emotional right. bondages emotional bondages now the bondages has that come before or after spirit warfare well for me personally i would say it sort of goes hand in hand because, you know, when it comes to Satan, Satan's agenda is, you know, well, there's two agendas at work in our lives, you know, where, where we go through pain and suffering. So, you know, you have to look at the um, Ephesians, you know, biblical uh, chapter on spiritual warfare you know mm -hmm. um so our arch enemy lucifer is a demonic spirit uh, he doesn't want anyone uh, now i don't know if you're a believer but i certainly believe that he doesn't want any of us to survive much less thrive in life you know he doesn't want you to discover the best of what god has for you he wants you to wallow in suffering and so that's the bondage that i'm referring to you know, he wants to hold you in continual bondage, keeping you in a constant state of despair through through your circumstances. He wants to tear you and all your relationships down. And so his gender is to get you to react to what you see in your everyday mundane circumstances rather than what God has said he has for you. What what do you I can't really put it on you, but you're a good example. What do you look at when you see people and how you view of them in terms of, are they going to make it or not? Are they going to, you know, is it go high or low? What are they going to do? Yeah. Well, for me, John, it's all about awareness. You know, you have to know what the enemy is trying to, to do in your life, what he's trying to sabotage in your life. And if you read in my book, what I subscribe to is it's all mindset. 
it's the way you look at life you know it's your paradigm you have to if it's a negative paradigm you have to break it you have to break that cycle otherwise you will stay locked in therein lies the bondage of what satan is trying to uh you know what his agenda is and that is to destroy you so right. you have to find ways to lift yourself up to redeem yourself to restore yourself and get out of that psychological hell because that's what tends to bring people to the level of suicide where you may not believe that but i certainly do it's it's a prison it's an imprisonment that the enemy tends to you know bring you into and it's a cycle that ultimately spirals you downwards if you don't you know find within yourself the awareness of what agenda he has for you to bring mm -hmm. you down mm -hmm. you know um, i uh... i consider myself john i consider myself an uplifter i'm an edifier i'm an encourager i'm an i, I i'm a guider you know as an yeah. ambassador for the great commission this is where jesus calls upon his faithful followers myself um to to spiritually impact people in a more positive way to lift mm -hmm. them out to help them find their inner strengths their peace their gifts their talents you know their abilities helping them you know connect to their divine inner spirit guide towards uh, discovering their ultimate dreams their goals and, and objectives in life and their purpose there's a person in the preface and that person let's see if i can do this right um what happens to all those people that claim to be religious but don't have an actual relationship and connection to god yeah. yeah and that's in that amazing that's sad so sad yeah 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 i used to work i used to work at a hospital a major new york city hospital and oftentimes john i met with people on the cusp of you know death i don't know if, you, if you've ever read elizabeth kubler ross's book um the five stages of grief wow well, the title yes so so this is a book about people that are on the verge of dying is it about is it's, it's about death and dying and so when i worked at the hospital i encountered many people on the cusp you know in the hospital beds that were palliative care patients mm -hmm. and you know i would talk to them about their belief systems and mm -hmm. it really it really saddened me that some of them even on their deathbed you know even if it were just for the sake of comfort refused to believe in the afterlife you know and to me the afterlife is is the be all and end all you know mm -hmm. i would think we all would want to go to heaven you know but some people went to their grave just fighting it to the last breath absolutely yeah you know i i uh, we were talking about uh the statement from muhammad ali if your mind can conceive it your heart can believe it then you can achieve it yeah. something 
an event came when I was in the army in basic training. And that was in uh, Fort, uh, not that, they were in Louisiana, Fort Hood. And guess who was coming to basic training? Oh, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> really? They, uh, they uh, got our, our one company that consisted of, of about probably uh, 80 people. And they, they chose me and my, our, call it our dormitory. And they okay. were telling me what you should do and how you should do it and do the things that you can do and what, make him welcome and so forth. And wow. I was ready. I wanted to see that. I was ready. But yeah. then really? he, he was on the opposite of that. You know, he conceived it, heart, believe it, and then he achieved it. He was not going to be in the army <laughs> from the really? beginning. Yeah, it broke my heart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I want to uh, uh, ask you or your listeners, my listeners, to find your book. Where, where can they find it? They're going to need to. So, right. Yeah. Thank you, John. So, uh, you, can, you can purchase my book on Amazon. Um, yeah, you can purchase it as a Kindle, which is $9.99, or you could purchase it as an actual hardcover. Well, it's not hardcover, actually. Let me retract that. It's um, paperback, but the paperback copy is $19.99, I believe. So you can purchase it on Amazon. I'm also in Walmart and Barnes and & Nobles. And mm -hmm. and I just recently got a five star review from the um, online book club organization. Fantastic! Yes, I'm very I'm quite proud of that. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you can also find me through my website. It's called Mindset and Empowerment Coach .com. That's Mindset and Empowerment Coach .com. You'll see all the different podcasts I've been on. You'll find my book information as well yeah. as um, my YouTube channels and my and my uh, Instagram and TikTok platform. A lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good for you. I'm glad you're doing that. I know Thank that uh, my uh, my listeners are tuning in and they want to say to to you and me searching for integrity. And they probably enjoyed the half an hour with Valerie Gallo. Galloway, got the rest. <laughs> um, well, I've certainly enjoyed being here. Well, that's good. That, that always yeah. makes it different, you know, yeah. uh, instead of being drilled one way or the other. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that you get listeners here for this. And now I always say to them as we leave, so long and happy trails to all until we meet again. Thanks for coming by. <laughs>